0: It all started in 2007, when Anne was telling me about the day her head exploded.
1: I had brain surgery for my 32nd birthday. Wasn't that nice? Nice present. And I thought I'd be going away for the weekend. I didn't think I'd be in Beaumont Hospital, you know. But I do blame Pat Kenny. He was the last thing I remember. I was watching him on television. I was studying journalism
0: at the time, and I'd been given an assignment to find somebody interesting to interview. I'd heard about a woman in Kildare who'd been paralysed and was told she'd never walk again. But when I met her, there you go. she wasn't just walking, Jimmy. she was belly dancing. <laughs> so this is how I ended up in a car park in a community centre in Kildare, talking to Anne about her aneurysm.
1: I was sitting at home on Friday the 29th of October 2004 with a bad headache and I was watching television and next thing, boom, gone unconscious for a couple of days.
0: But about halfway through our chat, something totally unexpected happened that made me switch off my tape recorder. She started talking to my father, my deceased father. as it turns out, is a medium. And apparently, this type of thing happens all the time.
1: Sometimes I could be in the hairdressers and all of a sudden, Mary that's sitting beside me's mother is with me to tell me that she's around her, to wish her a happy birthday, you know what I mean?
0: Anne doesn't always approach these people with the message she's just received. But when she does, it usually comes as a complete shock, like it did with me. After all... How often do you expect the spirit of your dead father to pop up in the back of a car with something to get off his chest?
1: Like, to me, it's like talking to normal people. You can hear them, feel them, sense them, see them. I'd I'd get this information, like the DNN, I call it, the dead news network. And it was like, you'd hear things like, Granny's on the way out. You've only got a couple of weeks. And I'd go, get lost, you know? As a complete sceptic,
0: I was blindsided by how she described my dad and how he was when he died. My father died of septicemia. As the condition progressed, he became more and more jaundiced. And as the end approached, there was lots of medication. So really, he was gone from us long before his final breath. And that's exactly how she described him that day, back in the car park. Yellow, heavily drugged and surrounded by almost all of his children. And she was also able to tell me who wasn't there. So when she invited me to her house to have a proper conversation, I just couldn't say no.
2: Everyone thinks, like, oh, a ghost is coming to kill you, but I've never heard of anyone being killed by a ghost. And as long as they don't scare the kids, I don't mind. Like, you know.
3: The bad things is, you can't do anything behind her back because she knows <laughs> straight away what you're doing. She'd be like, stop giving me that look. I'd be like, did you know he didn't even turn around
0: and that's how I ended up in a kitchen in Kildare tuning into the dead news network curious about Anne and her life but also hoping that maybe just maybe somebody else would turn up how are you doing good You're looking very well
1: you too how are you good good come Go on in there thanks very much
0: I'm actually grand. A Anne's kitchen grand. is like any modern kitchen. It's rectangular, fairly spacious and light-filled, with pine units, a wooden dining table and a gas boiler along the back wall that switches on and off every so often.
1: Sometimes I call it the gift and sometimes I call it the curse because about a week before I had the brain hemorrhage, I used to wake up at night telling my husband I was going to die and something terrible was going to happen to me.
0: There are two doors leading into the sitting room. The sliding glass door opposite opens into the small garden. You can just about see the swing and the trampoline. There's a fluffy striped cat asleep on one of the kitchen chairs.
1: If you think of it, psychic is only about tuning into what's happening, where you're going, what's happening around the corner, but it's not about telling you what to do.
0: It's not the type of place you'd expect to find a medium. But then again, Anne's not exactly the type of medium you'd expect to run into either. She's a tiny wisp of a woman in her 30s, with long, burgundy-tinted hair. She likes beaded bracelets and necklaces, and she's wearing several pieces on each wrist right now. But it's her eyes that grab you. There's a shimmering lightness to them that draws you in. Mm. Anne pushes the cat off the chair and sits down opposite me with a mug of tea and told me how it all started.
1: When I was four years of age, I was at home and obviously I was asleep and I was woken up by the sound of babies crying. And I thought, where the bloody hell are they coming from? And I couldn't understand it. So I called my mother and she said, don't be ridiculous, go back to sleep. And that was the end of that. Went back to sleep. And next thing, I got choked in the bed. And There was a woman sitting down at the end of my bed and she had like really grey, silvery hair all in a bun, and she she just put her hands up over her head like that. Sorry, I talk with my hands. She put her hands up on the top of her head and she pulled it down and she said, I'm sorry, she says, I'm not here to frighten you, but she said, you have a gift and you will use it someday. Of course, the usual thing in my childhood was, parents were in and out of the room all night, no, don't be panicking, you're only having a nightmare, go back to sleep. So then after that, I started hearing voices and I'd be getting these kind of almost like an inner hearing. It's called clairaudience, which is when you're clairvoyant. It's more like you hear it inside your mind. So the first really, 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 really distinct one was when I was about maybe 11 or 12. And I was sitting in the middle of first or second year in the Cross and Passion Convent. And I sat there and all I got was, There's going to be a knock on your door in about five minutes. It's your father. Granny's dying. About five minutes after that next thing, my teacher Mister, And it was a nun, actually. I won't say anything about them either. So the nun kind of went to the door. It was after somebody was knocking at it. It was Daddy. Can we please excuse Anne from the classroom? We have to get down to Dangan because her grandmother is passing away. Did he ever talk to you about it? No, more my mother, because it came from my mother's side. My grandmother used to read tea leaves, my great-grandmother used to read tea leaves, my great-great-grandmother used to read tea leaves, and so on and so forth, you know, so... When strange
0: things like that happen in a classroom, you'd have to wonder how the teachers coped with a girl who heard voices and spent her time talking to dead people.
1: See, I'm very spiritual, but I'm totally not religious. They were totally against what I did, because apparently if you were messing about with this kind of stuff, you know, that the Catholic Church were against it and it was the devil's work. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. Even as a child, didn't Moses not go to the top of the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from Jesus Christ's spirit? Does that not make him a medium? So it's a total contradiction, really, you know. When did it start then to get stronger? How was it when you were a teenager? Boyfriends. Boyfriends. I always knew when they were cheating. I always knew when they were out with somebody else. I could see them in my dreams, in my mind. I could see them out doing what they were doing. And what did you do then with that information? I can them, but they used to think I was schizophrenic or something. They didn't believe it at thought It was a load of BS, like, you know. I always caught them. They need to keep their socks clean, wouldn't they? I'll Paul's in big trouble if he ever does anything, because I'll know before he even does it. I'll barricade the door.
0: Anne felt her abilities getting stronger when she was pregnant with her first child. Her husband, Paul, bought her a set of tarot cards. And she noticed odd things happening when she was using them.
1: And all of a sudden I'd get images of Africa or... I'd blurt it out and say it to the person who'd say it to me, Yeah, I'm just back from Africa. And this is when dead people started to pop up more often. I'm in the restaurant and I'm waiting to be seated. And all the time I'm getting this Kathy. Kathy, 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 Kathy. Cassie. And this was going over like a drum in my head. I said, I'm out, leave me alone. The waitress eventually gets to Anne and Paul. And I'm like having a pure conversation with myself. I'm sure she thought I was at a house for a weekend or something. And I said, do you mind if I ask you something? I said, are you Cathy? I said, happy birthday from your dad. She actually dropped whatever she had in her hand, a pen or whatnot. And she started crying and she says, it's my birthday today. My father's passed on a year ago. If I walk into an area or a place and I know there was a death there, I can see it, feel it, hear it like as if it's a reenactment just straight away, almost immediately, I know. It's like biting into an apple, feeling the wind, seeing the sea, hearing somebody call your name all at once. It happens that fast. That's the way the information comes to you. How did people accept you back then? They just thought I was a bit weird, I suppose, you know? I mean, it's not normal to talk to people that aren't there 24 7. If you ever seen the film Six Sense, you'd know. It's not just that
0: some people might think Anne is weird. Weird things happen to her and around her.
2: Like today, with the modem.
0: Her husband Paul has just joined us in the kitchen. He's been trying to download something from the internet, but it's just not happening. But things get really weird though when she goes grocery shopping with Paul.
2: So Anne came with me twice, so two weeks in a row, and we got this this fella, and your man goes tie up the army, it ends up never be more than a hundred and fifty. So your man ties up, yeah, that's three uh, hundred and eighty. Am I kind of
1: follow-up? I said, yeah, sure, that's he's right. And
2: he goes, oh no, there's a problem there. He says, and he he, he, he put in, so it was grand, we started it out. And uh, the following week, the nan came with me again, and the same thing happened. Over oh, 300 uh, euros. So this
1: is a common occurrence.
2: Yeah. But as like I said to hanson you're not coming to shop with me anymore. Or do you
1: know if you're in a clothes shop and you steal something and the beeper thing goes off, that's, that sometimes happens to me as well. It just goes off yeah. No reason. They get bored in the spirit world, obviously, so they just want to pop in and see if there's somebody to annoy. And I'm always the one they annoy because they can communicate with me. Things go missing. You can hear children running around up the stairs at night even when the kids are asleep. I don't know, just energy. Drop-in spirits. I
3: already
2: saw
3: on the radio. (laughs) Oh, been there done
0: that. Anne's not the only person in the house who can see the spirits. Her eldest son, Lawrence, or Lar, has his own stories.
1: Lar sees a little girl sometimes outside our bathroom. I reckon it's my sister. How old was your sister when she died? Six. Mm. God. he'd often say God there was a little girl outside my bathroom last night and sometimes you'd hear a child running around up the stairs mm. does it scare him? no it doesn't bother him he sometimes has conversations with her as well really? Mm. and does she ever say who she is or no he'd say Mum I was just talking to the little girl and I think it's your sister and he wouldn't kind of go too much into it but lately she's been around an
2: awful lot well I don't mind yeah. <laughs> Paul seems pretty cool about the things that go on in the house. Oh, they're all welcome. Like, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be. The more the merrier. Like, you know what I mean? And he has his fair share of odd stories. The most amazing one was uh, when we lived in the other house, the small house, in, and Lara was just born.
0: Anne and Paul were watching television in bed.
2: Sometimes I'd bring the television down into the bedroom, and we'd snuggle up in bed and watch the, watch the television or a film or something on, on the video. And of course, Lara be in the middle of us, like, you know.
0: When they were finished, Anne went off for a shower, and Paul left the room. Halfway downstairs with the television, Paul realised that a pillow was just about to fall on the baby's head and his blankets were askew. So he dropped the telly at the bottom of the stairs. But by the time he reached the bed,
2: the baby was all tucked in. Perfect on the pillow and the covers tucked in around him. Oh, I so said, you fixed them up. And I said, what do you mean? She I haven't come over here yet.
1: There's around? no such thing as a libido in my house. You never know who's going to be in the bed with you. Really? Seriously? Do you, feel, do you feel people in, when you're in bed? Oh, yeah. Are you to have some private time? You don't. They just decide to pop in to tell you things at the most inappropriate times. Let's put it like that.
0: When Anne was pregnant with Lawrence, she predicted what he would look like. She said he'd have blonde, curly hair and a gap between his teeth and that he'd have a particular talent... And here he is, blonde curly hair, the gap, and
3: um, I love acting and singing and dancing and stuff like that, so I love all that stuff and like I'm in a stage school at the moment called Tante Kids. So <clears throat> I like that.
0: Lawrence and Jack seem to have inherited Anne's abilities.
2: I'd bought him a game or something. For one of the, the Playstations or something, and he, he didn't—he had no idea that I had it, like you know. And he was there, God, he said. The one thing I'd really love to do now would be play that game, you know that one. He said, and I was saying, yeah, right, like you know, he, he just knew I had it, like you know.
1: Jack told me one day that we were watching some historical program, and he was watching something about the war, and there was a man in it, and he lost his two arms in a bomb. And Jack says, "Yeah, mommy, just like Granddad John." And I said, "What?" He said, Grandad John lost his two arms. And I said, what? He said, no, Jack. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. So about an hour later, I rang my mother. And I said to her, "Mummy, how did your father die? And she says, "Um, he was shot in World War II. He, he's an amputee. He lost his two arms. Wow. And now, I didn't know that. He didn't know it. So where does it come from? There's no explanation. It's like the wind. You can feel it. You can't see it. Yeah. Mm. You're not at all worried
0: about the the children in the sense that they might be branded or bullied or something later on.
2: Ah no, because I mean, like it's, it's like everything else. I mean, the kids that pick on you for any reason, like you know what I mean. And as long as they're happy and and well loved here in home, it, that's that's what builds you up for going out into the real world. Like you know, I mean, you'll always get somebody who's going to knock you. Like you know, never everyone's going to like you at all times. Like so, I wouldn't worry. You know,
0: there's a long story about how Paul and Anne got together. Basically. It involves another Paul, an affair, and Australia. Paul was supposed to move there, but he ended up returning to Kildare and meeting Anne after a strange series of coincidences,
2: or as he sees it. It was just meant to be like, you know, you just in the way everything works out. You know, you think about well, you say, Well, if I made this decision I made that decision, but decisions I think are made for you.
1: I think just fortunately we just found each other like soulmates.
2: You met the woman of your dreams, and you you fall in love with them. I mean, what more do you want? Like you know, so that's I was comfortable with it anyway. Like I had nothing to hide, and you know, I was happy. You know, to she, it was a wonderful gift she has, and I always say she should. You know, she should be thankful and and use it and use it well. Like you know, what she does.
0: Paul didn't really believe in Anne's abilities until she mentioned
1: one particular thing. I told him about it—a dog that he had when he was a child described the dog what the dog looked like and told him the name of the dog and the dog was with his dad in spirit
2: when I left for Australia in 86 we had the loveliest it was now um, Labrador Pinter Cross like it was a gorgeous dog and we said oh I used to always take her for a walk and feed her and everything so on it was kind of the hardest thing was leaving the dog when I was going to Australia the family was grand but the, I felt sorry for the poor old dog and when I was gone the, the dog passed away so I had never seen it since like and, and when she said that then I couldn't believe it like, so. how was it were you Scared by it or no? Like it was. It was well, it was it, Jesus Christ! Like you know, because yeah, and so I, I see your father there now and everything, and you were kind of saying, well, right, fair enough. But when when she said then, but she he's got a dog, a black dog with him called Juno. That's a funny name, and it's, mm-hmm. I just nearly, like, oh my god, because you know you, she couldn't have known about that, and um, didn't know me then, like you know. So that was really then. I said, like, Jesus, Christ. you know, it was fantastic, like you know.
0: At this point. There's an obvious question we'd all probably ask. If you were living with someone with insider knowledge, would you ask them for pointers about your own life?
2: I, I'd never ask her, and she'd never tell me, like, you know. I think we. we we kinda I am comfortable with, with her having the gift and she knows that. And I think she doesn't well she'd find it probably hard difficult anyway to read for family she says anyway, like so but I'd never be saying, Oh god you know, what am I going to do today? Because like, otherwise, you know, you'd end up everything so God if you should I even go to bed and tell me, you know.
0: So Anne can't do readings for close family. But she did get premonitions about
1: herself and something dark hanging over her. She used to have very bad dreams. I used to wake up full of sweat, like as if I jumped out of the shower and I was screaming and crying like horrifically and he told me to go back to bed so I'd go to bed, I'd get out of it and I was in and out of the bed most of the night and eventually the night before it happened I said I'm telling you something horrible is going to happen I don't know what it is but I could die that was on the Thursday night on the Friday night I had a bad headache and collapsed and all the dreams I had I relived when I was sitting in the hospitals Anne had an
0: aneurysm. She spent a couple of days in a coma. And when she woke up, she realised her life had changed forever. She was completely paralysed on one side. Horrible.
1: Absolutely horrible.
0: So you're, you're lying there, <laughs> you, you're, you're trying to will your fingers to move, but...
1: Mm, but nothing actually happens, No. There was no movement for a week, so the doctors and surgeons had explained to my husband that there was no way that I was going to be able to walk again or anything like that, because of the bleed to the brain was too much. Mm.
0: After a couple of weeks, something extraordinary
1: happened. One finger moved. One finger moved up in Beaumont, my husband's seen it, and it was like winning the lottery, you know what I mean? When you've had a stroke like I had, you lose a, a massive part of yourself, and that that's our, that there's a part of yourself that will never come back. So it's like li- the living dead, that's the only way I can describe it. So every day to this day, and this is what, five or six years on, there's still a little part of me that kind of feels cheated. Do you
0: want a hand take them down there?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Anne found an unusual way to rehabilitate her body. I'd say you get a great shimmy out of that.
1: Oh, you would. that one's
0: Belly dancing. That. <laughs> Go on, you have to describe that.
1: How do I describe it? <laughs> it's a bit like to remember Madonna that.
0: And almost every space upstairs is taken up with chiffon. That red is beautiful. Isn't it? That- Beads.
1: Bonnie makes a lot of these too. Sequence. <laughs>
0: There's a kaleidoscope of orange, pink and yellow swirling skirts on the back of her door. (laughs) She's been doing it for a few years now.
1: I just thought, sure, I'll give it a go and, you know, something new and different. And as soon as I started it and everything else, I thought, thought this is magnificent. You know, it really makes you feel feminine and in touch with your femininity, you know.
0: So Anne found a way to sort out her body after the stroke and the aneurysm. But what about her brain? The stroke left her with short-term memory loss, so she can't retain information. And while it's a major issue in her life, she manages to see the funny side of it.
1: My brother-in-law has a dog, right? And every time I go into the house, I just say, did you get a new dog? And he says to me, Anne, you're taking the PI, you know what now? He just say, You ask me that every time you come in. His name is Trudy. Uh, even if uh, I probably have his name wrong, but anyway, we have a laugh about it. And um, I go in the next day and I say, "Where did you get the dog?" That doesn't happen with your husband.
2: You don't. I know. The I know him.
1: <laughs> oh, God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. <geez. laughs> I know he's very good. He's finally getting this new. I go into hospital for brain surgery and I come home with a new chip in my head and I, I, I can't remember how to sing anymore, which is something he's delighted about. He swears it's a deal he made with the surgeon, you know. And now I'm starting to do things that I never did, like a little bit of cooking and baking with the kids and belly dancing.
0: So you wouldn't have, hmm. you wouldn't have done this before? You wouldn't have done the baking before?
1: Jesus, no. I'd buy them out of the shop, a packet of buns, and that's it, fairy cakes.
0: Anne is glad she's well on the road to recovery, but she has a bone to pick.
1: I was annoyed with God whether it be he or she, for not giving me the whole white light circle tunnel thing. I'm seriously pissed off over that, I can tell you.
0: Anne has a lot of funny stories, but her stroke, her aneurysm, her illness, they all make me realise there are more serious questions to ask. How did you seriously not know that you weren't, in some way, hearing things inside your head
1: that weren't there? I don't know, I suppose it's a difficult question because... I just knew that... I was wor- that there was something energy-wise that was there, that I was communicating with that was beyond this world, that there was no explanation for, that wasn't necessarily to do with God or religion, but was more to do with an inner intuition that a lot of people have that they can develop when they get older. But I just knew, I don't know, without doubt, I just knew it wasn't like mental illness. I just knew it was there and I had to accept it. But even I challenged it, Even I couldn't understand it. I used to study it and go into it myself in a way that was completely cynical. I just didn't believe that this could happen to me. We're back in Anne's kitchen. When the kids go to
0: school and she clears away the breakfast things, this is where she talks to dead people. If somebody she knows comes to her for a reading, this is where it happens. At the wooden table opposite the boiler on the back wall. But it made me think about why people do this. If you go to see Anne, you're putting yourself in a potentially upsetting and vulnerable position. You're asking her to make contact with someone you loved, a parent or a child maybe. And what
1: I really want to know is why people do this. What are we looking for? Peace of mind, closure and definitely healing. I guess it's like an invisible healing. Say for instance, if they're father or mother or siblings or brother, best friend, somebody crossed over connected to them, and if they do come, straight away when they come in the door, I can feel, sense, see, hear the energy of that person. It's not command and demand. It's nice when they hear from who they need to hear from. Like in this day and age, everything is fast, fast, fast. It's not like going into McDonald's and ordering a cheeseburger, a large Coke and fries. You might get a totally different order. But you might just get what you need.
0: Like a young man called Michael came to Anne for a reading. He thought he was coming to see a fortune teller who would read his future in the cards. But he got something else entirely. As soon as he walked in, Anne said she had a very clear picture.
1: All I could see in my mind was a guy called David that was hit by a train. Totally, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he crossed over and it was just very, very quick. Anne spoke to Michael and told him, you were brought here today by your friend David because you feel responsible for his death. I said, so, well, he's just telling me to tell you, please, you need to move on because there was nothing you could have done. And unfortunately, these things happened. It was his time. You couldn't do anything about it. He was hit by a train. The wind caught him. You were trying to shout at him to tell him to move out of the way, but it, he couldn't hear you at that stage. He was gone. Initially, he was going to run out the door screaming, but because I could see it, he got really, really upset and started sobbing. And I said to him, look, I said, I actually feel you were meant to be here. And he started crying even harder. when he said, I know. He said, I've been asking him for a long time to let me know if he's OK. And
0: if somebody dies a horrible death, say in a car accident, is that the way they come to you or would they be different?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, no, they show me exactly how they passed. And sometimes they don't, they might not necessarily want to talk about the trauma of how they passed. But they have to bring through because it's a validation for those who come looking for comfort, you know. And do you see what they look like when they would have Oh appear? yeah,
3: really?
1: hmm? Well, more or less, I'd normally see if somebody lost their head in a car accident. I wouldn't like. I'd feel what what way they crossed over, but I'd also see a glimpse of their past or the person that they were, or whether he would long hair or short hair, and what he wore, whether he wore a baseball cap or not, and hear his name. <laughs>
0: So why am I here? Well, for the same reason. Sometimes you just need somebody to tell you everything is going to be alright. And isn't that what your dad would do?
1: I know. she split me and my friend Ellen up. We were having a giggle one day at the class. There's an
0: obvious question that most people would ask at this point. Why not ask for the lottery numbers? But Anne says it doesn't work that way. There's an ethical code attached to contact with the other world.
1: Never for material or financial gain. For spiritual wealth and health and everything else you can, but when it comes to financial health and material things, no. Do you get sad at all? Never. I'm emotionally completely switched off to it. Is that because you kind of have to be? Oh, you have to be, yeah. Otherwise you'd go nuts. I mean, because you feel it. But if I don't do a meditation, I'll tell you a short story. I was reading for a woman one particular day, OK? I wasn't long up. I had to have my hair done. Everything was done very, very quickly. So I had no time to do a meditation. So I had to come down. Just as I was about to go and do my meditation, she came in and she sat. And next thing, all of a sudden, I got a unmerciful pain in my head all to the right hand side of my head and like my ear was popping open completely just out it came like what i was telling you earlier on about the feeling seeing here and all at once you know i said to her who's anthony i've got an unmerciful pale on pain on the side of my head and i've tumors or something isn't right with my brain and that's how he passed he was three years old when he died he did cluster of tumors on the right hand side of his brain outside you know the part to your brain where your ear is next thing all of a sudden I realise, oh my god the pain in my head will not go away it won't move because I didn't do one vital thing that day I forgot to meditate so if you don't meditate when you're working with somebody you'll have that feeling for the whole day it's the energy of the person
0: how is Anne seen around the town like how
2: do people perceive her yeah, well, I mean, she's never had, I don't think she's ever had any negative vibes off anybody. I don't think so, anyway. You can kind of almost and, uh, see
0: that that could go the other way,
2: couldn't it? Okay, very easily. She could be, like, I mean, she could, everyone could turn on her, like, you know what I mean? But I don't think anyone has ever really had a problem with And you know. Yeah. I mean, some people might not agree with it, but I don't think they ever said it to her face or anything, like, which is good.
1: Sometimes people, I don't know, you could be in done stores doing your local shop and people are kind of following you around, wondering what you're putting your, into your trolley. And, of course, I have loads of cats outside the house, so it really fits the persona as well, you know. People can get a bit freaked out, or especially men, they might put the sign up as in the sign of the cross when I'm passing, because they're absolutely terrified of me. Really? Hmm. Do people ever ask you about the nature
0: of where these spirits are?
1: They do, but, you know, even, Colette, I don't have those answers. All they know is there's something that I can't explain. It's like the wind, you can feel it but you can't see it. It's like sending a text message or it's like a computer sending emails. It's very hard to prove. You have to accept what's there for what's there because if you look too much into it, you'll end up going too much into different areas.
0: And I'm sure that a load of people ask you the same thing that I'm just about to ask you because it's hard not to. Do you ever get any inkling of what it's actually like on the other
1: side? Never. I'd lie to you if I did, but I don't believe it's all full of angels and fairies and God. It sounds a bit like Father Ted, I know, but I actually don't believe in that. I think it's a load of BS, to be honest with you. I just think it's what we imagine we'd like it to be. So if a man in this world likes his bottle of whiskey at night time, well, maybe so be it. He'll have his bottle of whiskey when he goes there. I have no idea why I just said that, but I I don't know. I don't believe you change. It's like if somebody comes through to me from spirit and says, like my grandmother lived until she was ninety six and every night before she went to bed she'd have a little nag and a whiskey and ten sweet afternoon or woodbine or something. And I, I remember going for a medium once who said that to me, this lady used to have her little whiskey at night and her cigarettes. So obviously that's her memory, it's all memories. So whatever memory and personality you had in this life, you'll take with you to spirit. It doesn't mean if you're an absolute antichrist in this life and you bet the crap out of your missus or whatnot, you're not going to change in spirit. You're going to come through and say, this is the way I was, I'm still like that, and maybe I'm sorry. If, you know, if the person can accept that. If they come, they come with a bang. Kind of and thing. now for the reason I'm here.
0: I came here to see if my father would pop up.
1: Is he taking up your time? I can't tell him to get lost. It's
0: and sure enough... Anne told me she felt him there.
1: You know, it's like this man wasn't the kind of a person that would have liked surprises in one sense. It was like he was... You know, when you wake up and you... At the
0: beginning of this story, I told you that Anne described exactly how my father had died and that almost all of his children were there that night. One of them who wasn't there was me.
1: I feel by the time you got there, he had crossed over. This was very sudden with him, and I feel it was like... It happened, and then by the time anybody got to the hospital or got to the house, it was like he'd already crossed over. And it's a major, big impact on everyone else's life because I think. Well,
0: I and my dad's know. message. Well, before. Anne said he understood, and there was all right.
1: Anyone could have done. And with that, he's just like boom, pulled back. As I said, they'll come through with a certain amount of information, and then.
2: I you'd hear some people say they could have a portuguese or something to be trash in the place and everything, but no, they don't seem to be. I think it's nice.
3: I got her a a Christmas present like I'd done last year, she figured out what it was and I was like how would you do that? It's really cool I
1: get in and I do my spiritual cleansing and I use my sage to get rid of energies in the house and stuff like that I don't do an Indian dance around the house either It's, it's a very relaxed household
0: But here's the interesting thing. I rang a few people who knew my dad and told them about Anne and my experience. Now, most of them would laugh about this type of thing. But the odd thing is, every single one of them asked me the same question. Did he mention me?